Welcome to Strange Magic. We are so happy to have you here. This is our very first episode of what we hope to be an ongoing series about tarot, magic, life, art, what else? Politics, intellectual culture. Friendship. Friendship, beauty, aesthetics. All of the above and more. So um, this is just our introductory episode one so we just kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time introducing ourselves and talking about what we'd sort of like the show to be about i am amanda yates garcia the oracle of los angeles i'm a healer i studied breathwork with david elliott energy work with tenzin lama sherpa shamanic healing with the foundation for shamanic studies and amanda folger I'm a hereditary witch. I teach magical praxis mystery school. I'm an artist and a writer. And my book, Initiated, is coming out in the fall of 2019 with Grand Central Books. Yay! So, Sarah. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Yes. What's a hereditary witch? Great question, Sarah. So, a hereditary witch is someone who learned witchcraft from, from their mother that it runs in their family. So I learned witchcraft from my mother starting as a child and then developing as I grew older. Like my mom got me my first set of tarot cards and taught them to me. My mom's an amazing um, garden witch, I guess you might call her a kitchen witch. She is a really great herbalist. So I actually don't know nearly as much about herbs as my mother does. But so we're going to have her on the show. Is what yeah, I hear so you we have to, yeah. So we have to get her on and she'll tell us everything about uh, mugwort and how to grow chamomile. And she's into this thing right now. What does she call them? She, she like buries a bunch of branches and stuff underground hedgewitch she's like a hedgewitch so Uh because the the branches underground like fertilize her garden for 30 years then she doesn't have to fertilize it anymore we're like two minutes in and we're already getting like (laughs) deep hedgewitch gardening tools that is amazing i'm gonna do that if i ever get to have a garden again that's amazing well one day we'll have a commune that's the plan (laughs) um Awesome. Well, my name is Sarah Faith Godestiner. I ID as a moon witch, although I would also dovetail that with an art witch. Um, I'm an artist and a designer. I um, have worked for myself for quite a while. I also um, am a, I'm a tarot reader. I've been reading the tarot for a really long time. I also write um, on kind of various metaphysical and self-help topics. So that's kind of my background. And you have seen, all of you out there, you have all seen Sarah's stuff because she does the women, women, women t-shirts. She does the moon is a feminist artwork poster. She does the many moons workbook. So she's famous. You know who she is. You probably follow her on Instagram already. And you sh- And if you don't, you should. Thank you for that, even though my third eye is rolling a little bit because it's hard for me to hear stuff like that, but maybe what this show is kind of about. So let's kind of go, oh, well, I'll tell you, I kind of want to tell the world why I love Amanda. Amanda is a highly, highly, highly gifted healer. She has an incredible perspective on all things art history, 
symbology, magic. Um, people love her classes. I also really, really love the way that you're able to kind of take your story and offer it up to people with vulnerability, which is something that I don't always feel comfortable about, but you have this incredible gift for sharing your life in such a way that other people can kind of take a minute and see how it relates to their life and it kind of opens them up. So it kind of creates this domino effect of really beautiful sharing. So you, and I also really love, actually, I have one more thing to say before we move on. I love how generous you are. You're so generous with, here's a spell for this. And here's my thoughts around that. Here are some things you could do with that. Like you just are very, very generous with the knowledge and the information that you share to people by way of your newsletters and your Instagram. And now I'm sure your book and all your classes. And I think that's a very, 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 very important quality um, to have to cultivate and to be around. So I'm happy to be around it with you. Well, thank you. I'm blushing. I mean, witches are healers. So we're all here to heal each other. And I think one of the reasons that we really we're excited about even doing this podcast in the first place is because witches love community. They love covens. They love being <laughs> together and talking about their favorite subject, mm-hmm. which is magic, witchcraft, the goddess. Here we are doing all of that. So yeah, um, maybe we could just kind of talk about some of the things that we care about and what we're doing that might be slightly different than other podcasts out there about these subjects. Yeah, so we're doing this podcast for the strangers, the weirdos, the outsiders, the feminists, the radicals, the, the queers, revolutionaries, the trans the people, queer, the trans, disabled people, disabled, every, sick, yeah, all the marginalized yeah. masses, really, because yeah. that's what they are. You know, it's yeah. more people um, have some kind of challenge or some kind of dominance in their life than I think we are allowed to sort of even conceptualize in a way, you know? So I think that it's really important for me to always ground myself in what I'm doing and why, and my identity as a queer person or as a Jewish person or as someone who has dealt with abuse and things like that. Um, I want to kind of be able to help other people in those realms um, as well. So I know that we'll touch upon those topics um, here and there because we'll be talking about our lives and our thoughts. So Indeed. And also interesting point of note is that magic itself Mm. is always for the outsider right by its very definition (sighs) magic is something that exists outside of the realm of the symbolic order or the realm of the symbolic order being the sort of central uh modality of culture right so magic if it's if it's practiced within religion like Mm. traditional religions then it's not considered magic. That doesn't it doesn't apply. Only things that exist with outside of that realm are really considered magic as far as linguistics are concerned. But that's really just a matter of determination. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, you are making a lot of sense. Where I just really went to was magic being the other as just the history of magic being both demonized mm-hmm. and 
co-opted mm-hmm. because you see the remnants of that in Judaism or in Catholicism or Christianity. You see these tenants, these kind of remnants and residues of magical thoughts, magical philosophies, rituals. You see that, and that was a co-option, you know, of kind of indigenous cultures um, and hidden cultures and folk cultures and so on and so forth. So really, um, in an interesting way, what we're in is a wave of remembering, right? Because I don't believe there's one remembering. I think there's always been remembering, right? So we're kind of in a wave of remembering that. And I think it's really important to consider the demonization of magic and also the demonization of the word witch and sort of what we're doing with it now in our culture in this kind of moment. So we won't have any concrete answers for that, but I'm sure we'll kind of touch on those threads here and there throughout this podcast. Yeah, totally. Like all cultures use magic and like magic is used in the Vatican and it's used in the White House, but we just, they just don't call it magic. But the outsiders are the ones who really embrace that term of magic. Also, I think it's really important, you have, I, and I have talked about this so much, is that the more that magic becomes a part of popular culture, the more that even within the realms of magic, there'll be like an orthodoxy that takes over and and where people will say, oh, but that's not really magic because then it gets codified and it gets sort of taken into the idea of the orthodox and then there is no outsider. So then it has to get reinvented the next time. It's like this mutating, always changing chameleon type of thing. Both of us are kind of by nature skeptics and you and I also have very diverging points of views and just our own different viewpoints. So I really love talking to you about these subjects because we can exist. You're one of the few people to be quite frank that I've found that I can speak about my resistance to certain ideas or my confusion around certain kind of magical ideas or rituals or things. And we can kind of talk through them and I don't feel judgment and I don't feel like, Oh, there's only this way to do that. And that's the whole thing about magic is it's like very personal. It's very intimate. And I think that we wouldn't be magical practitioners if we ourselves weren't always questioning, what am I doing? What is this? What just happened? And so on and so forth, right? And changing things up and and kind of widening our scope or focusing in one area or always learning. So that's what I'm really excited to talk to you about because I know you have different viewpoints than I do, but we both really respect and enjoy each other's viewpoints. So that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I always think back, I think it was Starhawk, sort of the <laughs> West Coast reclaiming um, witch grandmother, who says that magic is a practice, not a belief system. And I think that's really important, right? Like we practice magic, but it's not necessarily something that we have to believe. Like you Mm -hmm. have to swear on the witch Bible Mm -hmm. or we won't let you in our club. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the way that we see it. Mm -hmm. Although that is the way that some people see it. That's the way some people see it. I do believe that practice comes in as some sort of commitment or some kind of discipline, some sort of um, allegiance to trying things and kind of sticking with things as well. Um, So, but sometimes that practice can just be as simple as living. Yes. And that I feel like is something that's so fundamental and important. It's really important for me, and I think for you too as well, Sarah, to to remember that this is, we believe in horizontal leadership, right? So 
Sarah has knowledge and I have knowledge. We both have pretty strong practices, but we got this knowledge from talking to other witches, from practicing ourselves and from reading books. And if you read books and practice and talk to other witches, then you too will have this knowledge. This is not something that is just given to you by the goddess. We all are. I mean, it is like, but I mean, like she's already there. Like you already have this within you. We all already have this within us. But also we can develop our skills. But I think it's important to remember that, you know, when we're telling you things, we learn these things somewhere and you can also learn these things. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm still learning. So. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning. So what is this podcast not? That is such a good question. I Okay, so I see it as this podcast is not interested, for instance, in capitalist prosperity gospel theology. Now, I love making money. I know you love making money. Supporting ourselves is a great thing. We love doing this as much as the next person, but we don't want to emphasize how much of a failure you are if you're struggling. We've struggled too. And it's not because you're failing. It's because of the system that we live in. So we're not about the secret. Although interesting to discuss, but... Food for thought. Food for thought. Uh, we're not interested in showing you how to force your will onto someone else. We don't really do that kind of stuff. That kind of magic is not for us. No curses, no hexes. Binding might feature. Although I think we should do a whole episode around hexes versus binding versus banishing. Like let's do a, let's do an episode on that. We could talk about, we could make a whole podcast on just that. So we're definitely going to dive into that, but yeah, we're not sort of into the kind of, Oh, here's, you know, like if a client comes to me for a love spell for someone, I will give them a love spell for themselves. That's kind of, I be, we begin with the self, you know, I always am trying to bring it back to kind of self-reflection and our own control and what we have control over and what we don't. So we're not super into that kind of, oh, I'm going to control this person or that person Actually, what we really want is for you to be able to have self-mastery of the highest order. That's kind of what I'm always reaching towards. If everyone was sort of reaching really the self, and it'll be good for us to talk about that right on with the fool and the magician. We'll just go right in there. We're not particularly interested in talking about tarot as the tool to tell your future. Great point. Yeah. So we will also have probably an episode about this. Right. So we... I see divination as a way of connecting you to or connecting the client if you're if you're doing it Mm -hmm. professionally to their own deep sense of intuition, right, and to their own deep sense of knowledge. And I do see that it's possible to sort of look into the future. And I know, I mean, no judgment, because if if and when, which I often do go to other tarot readers or healers or psychics or whatever, yeah, of course I want to know, like, what's going to happen to me in the future? Like, we all want to know What that. am I going to have for dinner tomorrow? <laughs> Help me figure it out. <laughs> right, but we, we we want that kind of reassurance, right? We want to know, like, of course you're going to sell your book. Of course you're going to make a million dollars. Of course you're going to fall in love. Of course you're going to be healthy. Of course everything's going to work out right. And of course we want that reassurance. However, it is not very empowering to have someone tell you like, yes, you'll sell that book so you can just kick back and relax. You don't need to do anything. Or if they're like, you're going to meet that woman of your dreams 
and fall in love. And then you're like looking around waiting for that person to show up and that person maybe shows up in your life and you're like, is this the person? Is this the person? And then you think it's supposed to be that person. I mean, there's all sorts of problems that can come from that, as we know. That being said, I will come out of the closet, the broom closet of saying I do practice divination for clients. That is part of my practice. Um, I think we should sort of have a show about it and we can kind of talk our way through it. Um, That being said, I think both of us are very rooted in tarot as a tool for self-reflection and as a mirror and as a pause. So that's the, that's the framework we're going to be discussing the cards through. We're not necessarily going to be saying, oh, if you get the fool, you should move or, you know, something like that. But you always have free will and you should use it. <laughs> you shouldn't go. I mean, I get that tattooed we're, we're on the sympath- inside of my we're eyeballs. sympathetic to people who might come and be like, should I marry this person? But on the other hand, you probably you, already have the answer. You to probably that already question. have the answer. And probably you're not going to base that kind of decision really on whether or not your witch slash tarot reader tells you to, or I would hope that you wouldn't. Hopefully you're coming to tarot and witchcraft and magic in order to realize your own power and to really empower yourself and recognize that your own judgment is correct and that you can trust it. And that even if you can't, like you make a mistake, which we all do, you're an adventurer and you're going to find a way to turn it around. And work with it. And work with it. So that's really the point. So let's just maybe wrap up by talking about tarot and its use and magic. Just a couple of sort of brainstorms of how someone who wants to use tarot in their own spiritual or magical practice can do so. Yeah. So these are a few little nuggets that we're going to drop for you that you can start using right now just to, to bring a little magic into your life using the tarot. So for instance... You can photocopy tarot cards and keep them with you. Like if it's something that you really want to cultivate, for instance, like the Empress, you want to cultivate your creativity, you want to cultivate uh, your sexuality, or you could destroy them, right? Like if you get a card that you don't want, like... um, Nine of Swords. Nine of Swords, for instance. Often something people don't like. So you you could burn it, you could blow the ashes into crossroads, you can let it go into the sea. You can bury it. You can do all sorts of things with it if you photocopy them. I love using tarot cards on my altar. I love picking a tarot card out of the deck that I want to work with that energy or that I want to call into my life for that day or that week or that moon cycle and putting it front and center so that I can kind of come back to that. I also sometimes will put it as a screensaver on my phone so that it's just my reminder. We're on our phones all the time. So it's always right there as kind of an anchor of what do I need to embody at this moment? What do I need to invoke at this moment? How can I act that out in my life? What clues around me can I sort of focus on once I sort of have my attention on, say, the empress or the high priestess or the star or even the devil, which we'll talk about. That's one of my favorite cards. So, we, you know, so I, it's a very sexy card, the kind you won't bring home to mother. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Maybe your mother, but not not everyone could handle it. But um, yeah, totally. So using tarot cards and ritual and like writing about them in your journal, remembering Mm -hmm. that like the, especially the major arcana are trying to find their way into material reality through you. So you're investigating, you're questioning, you're looking around you, you're looking at popular culture, you're looking at literature, at cinema, and seeing how these archetypes slash spirits 
play out in the world and then you're doing the work of bringing them into material reality in the way that only you can so you're allowed to use your creativity I love these ideas and I know we'll be talking more and more about more ways to work with the tarot in upcoming episodes. So, And the next episode is... The next episode is the cards of the year and your year card. We're going to talk through the main energies of the cards. I'm sure if you're on the internet, if you're on Instagram, people are loving to talk about these cards of the year. And if you're listening to this, you shouldn't feel embarrassed or weird that you don't know what we're talking about. We're going to talk you through that. We're going to talk about how you can find out what your card of the year is. And we're going to talk about what our cards of the year and how we're going to be making sense of these cards of the year. So get ready uh, for next episode to kind of find out what your card will be. Think about kind of some larger issues collectively with the cards of the year and so, so much more. Yeah. And even if you do know what we're talking about, I feel like we're going to get some nuggets in for even the people who are like, oh, I totally know my card of the year because I'm so excited to hear your perspective and to expand my own. Total same. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Yay. And you can find me at Oracle of LA on Facebook or Instagram, www.oracleoflosangeles.com. What about you, Sarah? I'm on visualmagic.info and you can find me on Instagram at goddess, G-O-T-T-E-S-S-S. And that's all. Bye, everybody. Bye, witches. Bye, witches. See you next week. Witches in the parking lot. Witches in the car. Witches in the grocery store. There's a witch wherever you are.